You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello and welcome to Bridgecast, the flagship podcast of USBC. It's finally here. The USBC puns are here in force. I heard so many of them today, including from this group of people. <laughs> Hi, I'm your friend, Neil. I'm back after several weeks of not being on the show. I hope you'll have me. We were all at the Apple event today. Dan Seifert's here. Hello. Victoria Song is here. Hi. Allison Johnson's here. Hello. We did it. We went to an Apple event at the Steve Jobs Theater. We saw new iPhones and new Apple Watches and nothing else. Well, we did watch a video. We did. We watched a video with Octavia Spencer. We'll get into it. Before we get into the Apple event, that's what we're going to talk about on the entire show today, because we were all just there. We, we played with the new iPhones, new Apple Watches. I would say this day marks the beginning of just a bonkers mm-hmm. fall tech season. Mm-hmm. So September is full. October is full. The end of September is the code conference for me. That, that's just it's the bomb in the middle of my calendar. But there is this Apple event. There's the Amazon event. There's a Microsoft event. There's a Google event. Oh, you forgot Meta. There's a Meta event. Uh, it's just, it's all happening. There's also a OnePlus event. Mm. There's a Qualcomm event. Oh, everybody loves a Qualcomm event. Yeah, who, who, who doesn't love it? Qualcomm's like 5Gs, right? <laughs> love it. 5Gs on the beach, baby. You love it. We have patent, moat, you can anything you want. Just pay us the money. Uh, and they make everybody go to Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> Modems. <laughs> they love it. But it's a, uh, just a, like literally every week. So much so that we made a calendar you can subscribe to on our website. It'll just give you alerts and you can just like come look at events as this month goes on. It's the o- oldest school. We're like, how do we make calendars? <laughs> iCal. We really did it. So just a bonkers month, including today, the antitrust trial of our lives like kicked off. U.S. versus Google, illegal monopoly claims about the search engine and its dominance. The parallel is to U.S. versus Microsoft, which was 25 years ago. Which, to be clear, I was alive for. I think we all were. (laughs) I mean, I hope so. I just want to say, like, is this the trial of our lives? It could be. Or was Microsoft? My, so the end of the Microsoft trials were created Google. It like created the opportunity for Google to exist. I just whatever. <laughs> that all happened. It's all in the past. Addie Robertson was in the courthouse today listening to opening arguments. It immediately got very technical. What is a search engine? A real question our government is currently grappling with. <laughs> uh, we will have Addie on the show on Friday. Obviously, I'm very interested in this. We're gonna focus on Apple today. But just a bonkers month 
has kicked off with this Apple event and with this Google trial. Google trial, by the way, is for 10 weeks. So we'll be talking about this for the next two and a half months, but we're not going to talk about it today. Today, we're going to talk about Apple. Agreed? Yes. Yeah. No one wants to define what a search engine is today? <laughs> not <laughs> what in is the slightest. I have a lot to say about this, but we'll talk about it on Friday. <laughs> Let's talk about this Apple event. It, we were all recently here for Apple Vision Pro. The vibes of that one were excited. They were, everyone was like kind of on edge. Like they didn't know how it would, would go. There was a lot of expectations. They built a big structure in the middle of campus and we had to go to it and there was like new age music playing and then you ascended in a headset, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it was that thing where it was like everyone wanted to know how it would go. There was just a lot of curiosity in every direction. This event was not that. We kind of knew what was going to happen. We, we knew it was going to happen. It was an iPhone. We know how to cover new iPhones. Yeah, we've done a few. Right. There was just like an element of this where it was like it was comfy. Like everyone was just like back home, you know? But, so the vibes, I think, were just like different because of that. And it, even to me, it, Apple like started off by saying like, this is our biggest event of the year. And I was like, really? I don't want to say it was chill, but I feel like I was chill in a way that I'm normally not for these events. So I was just like, okay, I can go into V, auto V mode yeah. where it's just mm -hmm. like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not on autopilot, but like, there's no like, Oh my God. Like last year when they called it the ultra, I was like, Oh my God, I have to do so many find and replaces <laughs> in this moment. My stress levels are through the roof. This was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm chill and cool. I know yeah. what's going on. And they had us in the Steve Jobs theater, which is like an easy place to kind of like do this work. It's very comfortable. It's, it's comfy. It, that's right. Nice the, the vibes of this event were comfy. It was a video event again, which kind of made me sad. I was hoping that they would come out on stage and actually do it. We all, all watched the video together. Again, the point of this is actually us holding the phones in devices at the end, not the presentation. But it's really weird to be just watching TV with like a bunch of other people <laughs> and Dan sitting next to me taking pictures of the TV. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very odd experience to spend an hour and a half taking photos of a TV. It's a nice TV. It's a very nice TV. Yeah. So it opened with a video of people celebrating their birthday and then it was revealed that all the people in the video had their lives saved by an Apple device. Fine. This is great. I'm happy all these people are alive. I'm dying to know if Apple staged all those birthday parties. It had wow. to have been. The angles were too crisp. Yeah. Right? Like you watch the that video and you're like, here, like at some point, the richest company on earth descended on this person and was like, yeah. here's what we'd like to do. <laughs> we'd like you to have a birthday party. <laughs> I have three kids. We have a lot of birthday parties. I've taken photos and video at a lot of birthday parties and they never go that smoothly. No. Uh, yeah. As like, you know, the, they came out with the cakes with the candles Everyone had remembered to turn off the lights and didn't turn them back on. I, I'll tell oh, you. Also, they were in. They were with them when they were waking up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I'll tell you one little side weird story. Uh, I got a lot of dumb smart home stuff in my house, including like motion <laughs> sensors. And what happens is every time we go to like sing happy birthday, we'll turn off the lights and then two words into happy birthday, the lights come back on. <laughs> and so we fight with the lighting switch. That's pretty good. None of this happened in Apple's birthday parties. I'm yeah. just saying that. And all, and all the homes are beautiful. I was just like watching this. And again, I think it's great that the features are helping real people. Apple's obviously very proud of this. I was just watching this ad and I was like, they had to, they had to do this. Like there were like a lot of cameras up in these people and they had to like feel the emotions. It was just a weird way also, to enter this event for me. They had to produce it in a time span. And uh, I don't know if you all know this, but not everyone has the same birthday at the same time. So <laughs> right. I'm guessing that a lot of these are <laughs> yeah. just faked. I have the most questions about the birthday party video of almost any product <laughs> here. Like I don't, there's, we'll get to it. I have one big question about the iPhone 15 Pro. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, but the birthday party video, the more you consider it, the more you're like, 
the production of this had to have been so weird. I like if you think about it, you always do it once for safety too when you do any video. Yeah. Like that's like the kind of behind the scenes thing. So you have to have someone light this cake multiple times and bring it out there and was be her, like, yeah. do it again. Did you notice the one where she's like, can I blow out these candles now? And I was like, she said that for real. That was real. Oh. <laughs> she was like, anyway, so that was like the opening of it. And then Tim Cook, uh, you know, was like, I want to give you an update on the Vision Pro, which they just announced. And he said, we're on track. The developers love it. I don't know what else you would have said. <laughs> Developers are deeply confused about our new product. Uh, we're excited about the things we're seeing. It's on track to ship early next year. That's okay. it. That's and that's all we got from Vision Pro. There are some stuff with the iPhone where the, the, the pros can shoot spatial video for Vision Pro. Some stuff with AirPods, which we'll get to. That that was all the updates on the on the Mac and the Vision Pro. The Mac update was like they're great. <laughs> People love the Mac. Yeah. You know, like we continue to <laughs> manufacture Macintoshes. And then the other, just other video that we should talk about before we talk about the products, they did a big skit in the middle of the Apple Watch segment with Octavia Spencer, who was a great actress. And the skit was funny, although it was cringy, but funny. Yeah. It was, it was well done if you like that sort of thing. That's <laughs> a, about Apple's environmental efforts. They've announced a lot of stuff. Lisa Jackson, by the way, used to run the EPA. She's the VP of Environment there. The Series 9 has recycled cobalt in the battery. The Sport Loop is 82% recycled yarn. The manufacturing is carbon neutral. On and on and on. There's a whole list. And then they announced that the Apple watches its first carbon neutral product with a logo on the side if you buy it with certain bands. Yes, it mm -hmm. has to be specific bands. It's like the ocean band will nope. instantly harm the ocean. Yes, <laughs> that floral elastomer. It's not. It's not biodegradable. Yeah, the video was. It was fine. It's like this is if you're gonna announce a litany of environmental accomplishments, that's like the best way to do it. Like it was worth paying attention yeah. to, but it was also just like. There's no reference frame for anything they were saying. They're like, other oh, companies plant trees, we plant forests. And it's like, does Google plant? I don't know. <laughs> but they, I was like, okay, this is a clever way to say all this and like keep us engaged. But then they went and like repeated everything that was said in the video in like a less funny, serious way after that. I was like, oh, I, I don't it, need to hear this again. It's also weird because it felt like the whole premise of the video was skepticism and them answering that skepticism. So obviously, if you know anything about the environment, you're going to be like, OK, how much of this is greenwashing? Half of us have watched John Oliver talk about like credits and why those aren't like real things. But they're like, no. We have the answers here. Mother Nature is like kind of happy with our answers. We're going to have this really funny stare down that is, I don't it know. Was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, you know, you're supposed to have Tim Cook in this video. And I was like, you know what? Tim Cook can act. He can act like he's afraid of Octavia Spencer uh, and like as if he's on the spot. But at the same time, you know, back in your head that Apple is just doing that to kind of head off the criticisms about greenwashing. Right. This is like the frame of the video. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. By the way, Tim Cook spent years pretending to be afraid of Donald Trump. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I mean, like, this is his greatest accomplishment is like China Trump politics. Like he navigated <laughs> Apple through it. Uh, he is a good actor. But it was just it was it's worth talking about. Like that was a long video in the middle of this event, mm -hmm. like really long and I think it speaks to sort of, again, just the general vibe of the whole show was like, we have a lot of time to bring out Octavia Spencer and do a skit about the environment. Like, a long time. Yeah. I just want, I wanted to start with that stuff. Because I think if you understand that stuff, I think it puts the products in the context 
because the products themselves are inherently iterative in like meaningful ways. I think they're good. Like they seem cool. And, and again, big question about the 15 Pro, which we'll get to. <laughs> like there's a mystery in the iPhone 15 Pro, which I'm obsessed <laughs> with. But the vibe of the event was like, we have enough time to do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the phones. iPhone 15. Mm-hmm. Or the iPhone 14 Pro Remix. Yes. Uh, the edition. iPhone 14 Pro 2. Yeah. yeah. But not quite 2. It's like yeah. negative it's a, 0.5. Yeah. yeah. It's missing a camera and some stuff. Yeah. Missing some promotion. But basically, it is just like last year's iPhone 14 was a remix of the 13 Pro. The 15 is a remix or a repackaging is probably a better way to say it of the 14 Pro from last year. So you get 48 megapixel camera, you get the dynamic island. What else? Slightly brighter. The, A, oh, the, the A16 processor. Yeah. They did update the screens a little bit brighter. And of course, they added a USB-C port, which was not on last year's phone. So that's like the new thing. And they rounded the sides. It's a little more comfortable to hold and the, the glass is matte now. What do you think, Allison? Yeah, it feels like last year was very much like a skip the upgrade year. And this is the one that like my husband, bless him, is still holding on to the iPhone XR. I'm like, wow. Th- wow, this would be the one, like there are enough things here that are different. You're going to get the dynamic island, which like every, I don't know, app developer is going to consider going forward. So yeah, it's it's not exciting. It's like we've seen all this before, but it's just the right, it seems like a smart kind of like, packaging of everything. I, I, I'm just, I just don't know if Apple's ever going to make this phone, whether it's the iPhone 15, 16, 17, or whatever, exciting, right? Yeah. Like, it's 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 never going to be the one where they really introduce new stuff to. It's never going to be the one where they're pushing the envelope on anything, but it is the mainstream one that most people will buy, or a lot of people will buy, at least. And if you've had a phone like the XS uh, or the XR or whatever, or the 11, and you're upgrading now four or five years later, mm. it will be a meaningful upgrade for you. But it's hard to get excited about it because we saw so much of this last year. Are you telling me that you are not jazzed about color-injected glass? <laughs> I will <laughs> say the, the atomic the, level, Daniel. The glass felt nice. <laughs> like the, 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 My main takeaway from touching these phones today is they felt nice. They did. They felt like, really, really like, nice. Like the 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 even the the pro models and the regular models less so, but they they like for the past few years they've been so heavy and the edges are sharp and like the stainless steel is nice, but it like it's kind of sticky and shows your fingerprints and stuff. These you pick up and they just feel soft and they yeah. feel nice in your hand. We did we ran into people there who said that made them feel cheap, which is fascinating. Yes, yes they didn't have the perceived value. Because it wasn't as heavy. And I was like, uh, I'll yeah. take the lighter phone. But, you know, they they rounded the corner, the edges of the frame. It's still aluminum with the iPhone 15, but it, it is nicer to hold. And the, the glass is a soft matte glass. In my experience, that makes things slippery. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. I mean, if you use a case, or, you're you know, fine. Most people uh, will use boo. a case. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Obviously, the big news here is they... Again, it's the iPhone 14 Pro Minus. <laughs> like that's that's how to think about this one. Uh, so you're you're losing a camera. You're losing the zoom camera, like yeah, the, the ultra wide. The telephoto, yep. But you, you get the main camera from the 14 Pro, which is a 48 megapixel. They're pixel binning it kind of in an interesting way, right? They're doing 24 megapixels by default. You can switch it to 12 hmm. in the settings, which is interesting. Then you can crop it in different ways to get 2x. And then they've changed portrait mode which seems like a big deal, but I also, so much of the hands-on area is just panic, (laughs) but like beautifully lit panic. And you're like, well, that looks fine. And you're like, "Um, 
like the light of heaven is is up upon me. Everything looks good in this. But they are capturing the depth map when you take a photo now, and you can go into portrait mode later, which is cool. And you can change the focus point later, which is like, isn't that dream of like yeah. digital photography Lytro, baby yeah i know yeah it's been 10 years since we've been covering <laughs> this idea if you don't know what lytro is lytro is a, a you can go look at it on the verge from a million years <laughs> yeah. ago they shipped a, a whole camera with like 50 lenses on the front well no the, the the lytro that let you change the focus point was that weird rectangular thing with oh, one yeah. lens uh and it allowed you after the fact to choose different focus points, which is this what it, the, yeah. the yeah. iPhone's allowing you to do now. Uh, what you're thinking of is the light phone or the light camera uh, uh, that had the the spider's eye array of of, of yeah. uh, lenses on it. And now I mean, quickly checking this and checking it. But yeah, that yeah. which also I believe tried to accomplish a similar thing. But Lytro was first. Yeah. The problem with the Lytro was a it took terrible photos. <laughs> it did. B it was. <laughs> expensive and see like you couldn't do anything with those photos yeah um it was a weird format right it was a weird format the only thing i mean i think the whole reason it existed was to like try and get that technology into other things and sell it to bigger companies but it kind of failed so david pierce wrote our lecture review in 2012 and it is so broken now (laughs) it is not even pull over look it up uh but yeah 11 years ago we recovered a camera that could refocus the new portrait mode can just do it i will say dan and i were playing with it at the event it got a little confused sometimes uh, but again it's the event there's like 900 faces in it. it's <laughs> yeah. like it's not a fair test of it i think i think this the feature of the the main thing that i think people will get from this is the ability to make a non-portrait photo portrait yes. after the fact mm-hmm. and so like so many times like you know i think of my wife taking photos of our kids she uses the normal camera mode and and I, I always like switch it to portrait or whatever, but she never does that switch over. But now if she doesn't do the switch over, it doesn't matter. It captured the data and I can like turn on the portrait mode after the fact. Yes. It is uh, unclear whether you get live photos at, yeah. at the same time as the portrait capture. Uh, yeah. We'll have that, to follow up with that. Yeah. So there again, lots of questions there, but basically you've got what should be the 14 pro camera. I'd be shocked I if I it was meaningfully different. I don't know that it's the exact same camera sensor. It's the same resolution. That we know. Yeah. And you get the two times lossless crop. Right. Because you can, it can go into the center of the sensor. And then the, the binning, as you were saying earlier, is kind of doing a unique thing where it's going to 24 megapixels as opposed to normally, and what the iPhone has done in the past with the Pro Max or the 14 Pro, uh, is it just takes four of the 48 megapixels and turns them into one, which produces a 12 megapixel image. Yeah. So this 24 is kind of a strange way to do it like i'm not sure how they're calculating the data there but it does give you a meaningfully more resolution without like blowing up your storage but as much. does anyone need 24 megapixels like on the regular like uh people zoom and crop all the time i think yeah, so, yeah. i think so yeah. 12 is a good this amount. is why I, my my opinion on <laughs> on phone cameras is that telephoto is always more useful than ultra wide because I watch people go like this with their phones and then pinch zoom <laughs> to death and they take four pixels and snap that photo painful and yeah like I see them do that all the time and then uh-huh. the ultra wide is like oh cool we got this really cool architectural shot it's like 
I mean, it's good for like getting a group of people. <laughs> oh man, I love the ultra. I don't know what you're talking about. You are you are not watching the it's TikToks. So moody. Uh, where, how are you going to take a band photo? <laughs> where you you flip the the TikTok photographers are always like flip your camera upside yeah, yeah, down, yeah. get really down, and then put it into ultra wide, and then you have like this. I don't know this insane. Basically, band what shot. you're saying is, no matter what, people will find a way to make a great camera look like shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. Interestingly, we there's some modes in this camera that are new, so you can shoot. 48 megapixel pro raw you can shoot 24 you can shoot 12 and then you can shoot 48 megapixel compressed in apple's format which they revealed that as a company they pronounced heath heath <laughs> so h-e-i-f which i get why you would head towards heath but they said it on stage and then they were all saying it it's been like the iphones have shot in h-e-i-f for a long time yeah this is the first time I've heard anybody call it Heath. It was deeply confusing. And uh, like, this is what we've been calling it. I, like, I, I think we need to have Vergecast listeners call in or hit up Neelai online and say, how do you pronounce Heath? And do you say Heath? No one says Heath. People say, I'm, sw- I'm pushing the button that says maximize compatibility <laughs> and shooting in JPEG. That's what everybody says. <laughs> they say, what is this and why doesn't it work? <laughs> why yeah. doesn't this work anywhere? Yeah. But it's, uh, I think it's fascinating that you're letting, they're letting consumers on the iPhone 15 shoot 48 megapixel compressed photos, which I have no idea how these are going to look. <laughs> yeah. Just none at all. Again, in the in the demo area with beautiful light. Like, some of the most beautiful light I've ever seen in any room is in that demo area. Uh, it looked great. <laughs> Very curious how it will look anywhere else. And then it's also fascinating they're letting consumers shoot 48 megapixel Pro Raw, which they shouldn't do. From from everything <laughs> I know, very few people should do this. Allison, anything else catch your eye about this camera? Yeah, I don't know. I think like I think the two times crop zoom makes a lot of sense here because you don't have the telephoto and you're kind of like getting something for like two lenses for the price of one. And then when on a phone where you already have a three times lens, it's sort of like, well, what was the point of this? So yeah, having having the big one move up to five times, you know, makes sense. And then having this this two times option is nice. It's nice for portraits. I like yeah. it in portrait mode. So that's what I'm jazzed about. And then then there's the thing. They switch the port to USB-C. Mm-hmm. But at USB 2.0 speeds. Very they confusing. Forever. <laughs> they took forever to get to that. I feel oh, like yeah. everybody yeah. was waiting for it, and it's like, okay. okay this big okay. reveal. They and did it in two parts. They said, let's talk about connectivity. And they said, let's start with wireless. And you can the whole room was like, no one cares. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, oh, you, you talk about 5G again? You're going to do this test again? But yeah, so it's USB-C. The, you know, the word from Apple basically is like, the Europeans made us do it. Mm-hmm. But it's time, and we think people aren't going to freak out. And to, to be clear, there was applause in this room. I mean, from Apple's also, employees. Yes, yes. This room full of Apple's employees clapped for Apple's announcement. <laughs> well, I, there were some influencers there. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside baseball. As journalists, we are not supposed to clap. So there's, it's like a big thing because yeah. people assume the room is full of media, and they hear the clapping. And it's like, the media is clapping. And it's like, no. <laughs> We're sitting on our hands. We're trying to type. Yeah, we're like typing as fast as we can. It's like Apple employees, their partners, and some people who don't have to play the same rules. But they clapped. They clapped for iCloud storage increasing to yeah. six and twelve terabytes. That, and who needs that much? Who needs twelve terabytes? Candy Crush whales. 
<laughs> I don't. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Because like I have, I have the plan where it's two terabytes, and you know, I, I, I feel for all my friends. I share it with six of my friends. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you're generous. I, I am, and I use most of it, and we yeah. still have like 1.5 terabytes. Well, left, if you so. go buy an iPhone 15 and take 48 megapixel Pro uh, raw images, mm-hmm. you will, <laughs> you will soak up that. Yeah, what I know, every professional is dying to do is have their phone <laughs> instantly and immediately choke their bandwidth out by <laughs> uploading their 48 megapixel stills to iCloud. But so USB-C, we did it. We just did the same thing. I said, we're going to talk about USB-C. Yeah. We, we talked about wireless connectivity in iCloud. Um, great. <laughs> they added it to the phone. The, the, the Vive very much was like, well, we had to do it, but we think it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And no further discussion was had. No. Yeah, they moved on pretty quickly. There is a, was it $29? It's $29 dongle. Oh, my God. If you want God. to convert your lightning cable to USB-C. Absolutely not. Why you would want to do this when you can buy an Apple-branded USB-C cable for $19 is beyond me. But Neil and I were trying to figure out why you would buy this earlier today. Uh, maybe you have a lightning accessory? What lightning Like a accessory? battery? I don't know, man. Because it's a cable. <laughs> so, like, docks are out. Yeah, docks are out. Because your your phone will be flopping. It's not even a long. It's it's just a little. It's, wisp it's of just a cable. it's just like their USB A to USB C dongle, except yeah. it goes from Lightning to USB. So so it's floppy. So your phone's gonna flop right out of your dock. Yeah. So that's not it. I, my answer was uh, built-in Lightning cables in cars, which I don't think are a thing. <laughs> which Dan doesn't <laughs> believe that they exist. <laughs> but some things have built-in Lightning cables. Yeah. Some really weird obscure accessories that like four people bought. Yeah, and now those people have to pay $20. The outrage. Uh, in general, I think it's like a great move. Like, I don't, yeah. I think Apple held out. I think the Europeans I, made them do it. I will say, uh, I was thinking about this because last week on the show, I said, I really don't plug in my phone for anything. This is not going to impact me much at all. I use wireless charging. But the one time I do plug my phone in is when I'm in the car and I use CarPlay. And I'm going to upgrade my phone and have a USB-C port. My wife is not going to upgrade her phone. And she's going to have a lightning port. And now I'm going to have to deal with the fact no, baby. that one... You're going to buy the dongle. <laughs> oh, You're going to buy the dongle. dongle. Buy the dongle. We have, we have dueling cables in our car. And anytime because I'm usually on an Android phone. And when I switch back to iPhone, my husband's like, thank no, oh my put God. This away. We can use one cable yeah. like God yeah. intended. Yeah, my, my wife will get in the car and it's set up for Android Auto and she'll be like, oh, and I have to like go through the settings menu to turn on CarPlay. <laughs> it's yeah. very obvious who, who's going to have to buy the dongle and it's you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how that goes. Look, I think it's great. They're, they didn't lock it down. They didn't do any weird made for iPhone stuff. They, they're not nerfing the cables at slower speed. Well, they nerfed the entire phone to run a <laughs> USB 2. But charging speed should be fine over mm-hmm. USB-C, 15 watts, we think, no matter what the cable, assuming you have a good cable that doesn't light itself on fire. Yeah. A real part of the USB-C experience. Transfer speeds on the pros, USB-C, it's a standard that can do it. Like, they did it right. Mm-hmm. They did the I mean, thing they should have done. They could have put actual US, like, faster USB in it, and they could have, like, done more video out or whatever, but... For, for what? Fifteen? Yeah, why not? It's an eight hundred dollar phone. <laughs> they couldn't put USB three in there. How long has USB three three been around? You could you could say it a different way. It's an eight hundred dollar phone. <laughs> yeah, they, that's how Apple would prefer you to say it. This is a, a garbage phone for eight hundred people. Eight hundred dollars? Yeah, USB two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. It does. It does mean that you can now travel with one charging cable, which I, I know a lot of here. people are excited about. I was on my way here and I was packing my bag full of cables 
the one that routinely gets me stopped at the airport as a brown man. You ever fly in September 11th as a brown man? <laughs> <laughs> the bag full of wires and batteries. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I loved every minute of it. But I was packing my wires, you know, the USB-C for everything, and then my one sad little lightning cable. And I was like, oh, buddy. Which now you'll just need for your AirPods Max. I was like, this is your last trip, little guy. <laughs> you're coming with me. And then you're never going to be seen again. It's interesting they didn't upgrade the AirPods Max. They did not. They don't even talk about those things no. anymore. No. The rumors were, as of last week, uh, according to Mark Ehrman, that we will see upgrades for them next year with uh, the USB-C port on it. But, yeah, no. No word of the USB, uh, you, the AirPods Max. There's like the other, we, we talked about this last week as well, but like the other lightning products in Apple's lineup will remain. Though they today they did quietly take off the their store, the MagSafe Duo Charger, which had a lightning port on it, yeah. and the MagSafe Battery, which also had a lightning port, which were taken off the store, not to be spoken of. They did not talk about upgrading those to USB-C or anything. Because they suck. But you can still buy AirPods Max for $549. You can still buy a 9th Gen iPad for $329. Yeah, which is the iPad most people should buy. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah. We we just were like, children, you have this iPad. You cannot hurt it in any meaningful way. It's encased in rubber. I I think on the 15, the port is there for charging. Yeah. It's not – it is not – no one who buys an iPhone 15 is worried about their data transfer speeds. Yeah. No. It just doesn't seem like a thing. Oh, they happening. did. Oh, they also came out with USB C earpods. Wired oh, the earpods. wired earpods. Yeah. Which, which I think people would more likely use on a 15 than a 15 Pro. Uh, here's a question Are they going to work on your Mac? Hmm. Because that would be great. I mean, your Mac has a headphone jack, but sure. If you want to use crappy earpods yeah you know how they, you know, they <laughs> that's true well i just like a lot of people carry the around for their phones yeah and if, it would be nice it's unclear if that would happen i bet it doesn't and if it if it does work like next year's max don't have headphone jacks anymore. oh like, man it's, it's just coming uh so that's a 15 I, a, a solid upgrade nothing spectacular comes in five colors they all have normal names there's yeah. no dumb marketing names on them it's just pink <laughs> yellow green blue and black I love it. What you didn't want it to be like Barbie, lemon, grass, sky. <laughs> you do. You can get you can go black. On. Black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Obsidian. You were, it's it's so not cool. space oh, black. No. It's not obsidian. It's black. Before we break, we should talk about the prices real quick. Yeah. iPhone prices are uh, same. So most of them are the same. The iPhone 15, the 15 Plus are the same as the 14 and 14 Plus from last year. So we're talking $799 to start, $899 to start on those. Uh, $100 more to, if you upgrade the storage. The 15 Pro comes with 128 gigs of storage, starts at $999, same price as before. Where it gets weird is with the 15 Pro Max, which is now $1199, $100 more than the starting price of last year. But it comes with 256 gigs of storage, which is twice as much as last year. And the same price if you got this 256 gig model last year. So it's like kind of a sneaky price increase. Like, yes, you are getting a little more. One can argue that $100 is a lot of money to charge for 128 gigs of storage in this One the 2000 that, yes. and 23rd year of our Lord. But it is more expensive. So like if you want the Pro Max with the 5X telephoto lens, you are going to pay more for it this year than last year. Amortized over your front plan. Like you're you're, you're already plan. getting scammed. Yes. Like you've signed up with a major yes. American And Apple, wireless Apple loves to talk about the trade-ins. They love to talk about how your iPhone holds value and that you can recoup a lot of value and things like that. They, it's, they put it on a slide now, the carrier promotions. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much they want to talk about because they want to deflect the fact that they are now charging a $1,200 starting price for a phone. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. You're you're signed up to an American wireless carrier. Like you know you know what you're in for. <laughs> they're just coming to your house. They're just they're one of your kids, keys to your car, and twelve hundred dollars out the window. <laughs> Alright, so that's a fifteen. We should take a break. I, I need to emotionally prepare myself for the mystery of the iPhone fifteen pro. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm dying to know. We'll be right back. Support of the Vergecast comes from Shopify. Whether you're a huge company or a small crafter trying to make a buck off your hobby, selling online is one of the best ways to grow. Shopify is one of the top e-commerce platforms that you can use to get started. But it's not just online. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And you can sell wherever, online or with their in-person point of sale system. You can also sell more with less effort with their AI-powered tool, Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. You might recognize more brands who already use Shopify, like Rothy's, Brooklinen, Allbirds, and more. Millions of entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries rely on Shopify for their e-commerce needs. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash vergecast. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash vergecast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash vergecast. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we're back. Apple event, we talked about the 15. Obviously, the, the interesting phone is the 15 Pro in this lineup. They made it out of titanium this time. It's a very, I like it. It's very it's nice. It's some titanium. Some titanium. There's a titanium frame, but that also connects to an aluminum frame on the inside. So it's like the part you touch is titanium, but then inside of it is an aluminum frame. Thermomechanically bonded. Yes. Doesn't that just mean melted? Like burned? <laughs> Pushed. Yeah. It sounds Pushed cooler with... if you say thermo. Have okay. you ever bumped into anyone in a sauna? You've been thermomechanically oh, no. bonded. <laughs> Gross. I don't. But that's how metals work, is my understanding. It's the lightest one ever. Same size as before, 6.1, 6.7 inches. They're very proud of titanium. Apple, by the way, famously used titanium in another product. Not the Apple Watch Ultra. The titanium PowerBook, the single coolest PowerBook ever made. Which... Lasted about six months before it looked like garbage because they painted the titanium and it yeah. all flaked off. And also the hinges broke. Let's not talk about it at this time. They said it's more repairable, which is really a big deal for yeah. Apple. That's carrying on from the iPhone 14 from last year. So now it's with the Pro line as well. But they're, is... they're saying this word out loud. They're saying repairable out loud. They're basically giving in to regulators, right? They, yeah. California regulators want this is, things to be this repairable. This is the big capitulation show for Apple. They yeah. gave in on USB-C to the Europeans. They gave in to California on repair. 
big A17 Pro processor. It's three nanometers, which is the industry first. That's a TSMC Extreme Ultra Violet chip. Like, yeah. that's a big deal. And should... rumors are that Apple bought out TSMC's entire capacity for the three nanometer chip. So I would not expect to see three nanometer chips from anybody else anytime soon. And then they said it's a breakthrough new GPU design for Apple, their first new one. And it's like, guys, you, you're on the M2 chip. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, but they're very proud of this new GPU. What's it, 20% faster, uh, new shader architecture. They have a new neural engine that's supposed to be faster. Basically, it's, it, it does it, hardware ray tracing. Yeah. They talked a games. lot about games. No. Yeah. They talked a lot about games at this just, thing. Just no. I'm just, listen, my phone is especially, is like specially made for stupid games. If I want to play good games, it's not going to be the on iPhone. Well, let me, let me tell you, the, mobile there are a lot of stupid games on consoles, too. Okay. Fancy, <laughs> stupid games get to be on the console. I am not playing Resident Evil on my phone because, yeah. as I said, the phone is going to get chucked the second there's a jump scare. <laughs> and then my expensive phone is going to be in pieces. And Apple Care Plus, or whatever the, the, the thingy is, is not going to cover oh, you were scared by Resident Evil and you chucked your phone at the wall? Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, their, their, their whole big claim is that uh, this is the first time a full console game experience is available on a mobile device. What was the name of the other game? It began with a D. Division. I just remember, oh yeah, Division. Um, um, is like the full console experience. Assassin's Creed is there and, because there's yeah. no, not a console in the world that Ubisoft won't put Assassin's Creed on. <laughs> like if you can play a game on it, Assassin's Creed will be there. You will be doing stabs on <laughs> just... Itzo will be there and he'll be stabbing. But this was like a really weird dichotomy in how they were talking about the pro. First, they said it's the most pro phone ever, which is an incredible phrase. (laughs) Just a deeply incredible phrase that means whatever Apple wants it to mean. Like their answer to us was, we think pro features are aspirational. It's the camera, it's the display. And we just want this to be the, and it's the best that we can do. And by definition, that means every new pro iPhone is the most pro phone ever made. Well, every new iPhone is the best iPhone ever. Right, because they don't make worse <laughs> iPhones. Like, it's amazing how that works. It's, it's just it's really something to make the most pro phone ever. And we've defined pro in a way that we will never not make the most pro phone ever. And then right next to it, they're like, and I, I believe they actually said out loud, this is the best mobile gaming device ever made. And you can also spend 14 hours in a row playing Genshin Impact on it. Yeah, and it's like, well, the, one, the Nintendo Switch exists. Like, <laughs> a deeply important mobile gaming device with maybe two of the best games ever made in the Zelda games on there. I don't think they're coming to the iPhone at this time. No. I'm confident the iPhone is more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> it's got a nicer screen, too. It's got, yeah, like everything on the iPhone is nicer than my Switch. And I have like an original Switch. But it's like, that, it's, that's the best one because it has the best games on it. Then mobile games are not those games. I mean, that said, I, you know, I, I'm i not a mobile gamer, but I know that there's an enormous market of mobile gamers uh, out there. And candy Crush Whales. Candy Hello. Crush Whales. <laughs> it's me. But I there's, too you know, much. Yeah, she's a Candy Crush there's, Whale. There's the, the Genshin Impact players, and uh, there's a lot of MOBAs played on mobile and stuff like that. So, like, there's definitely a market here, and, like, Apple is speaking to that market, and they this market will also pay more for better performance, which is what they are trying to like make the case for with the 15 pro i just don't need ray tracing for my bejeweled knockoff 
You don't. Yeah, the one but. that like gets your phone super hot and destroys your battery. This yes. is why your battery health is down to like eighty seven percent. Like you're running a like a Bitcoin botnet in the background of like a bejeweled clone. Listen, I you know I do I need ray tracing on Sudoku? Sudoku is a middle uh, a mobile game. No, I don't. Although I have... would like to see what ray tracing on Sudoku. Looks yeah, like. that's what I'm saying. This is like ultra realistic Minecraft. Like yeah. those videos come out and, like blow your mind. Uh, look, there's something you said for the. The fact, like, it's weird that they did a ray tracing explanation yeah. in 2023. Like, on the other side of the house, PC gamers had ray tracing for a long time. That cost curve is all the way down. And then you're like, oh, this is a phone. Yeah. Like, this is actually bonkers that they're, like, doing it on a phone at this scale. But I have asked people who use Android gaming phones to email us on the show <laughs> for years. Well, I mean— We have never gotten one email. Because We've I, gotten emails from people who think they might know— <laughs> Someone who plays games on an Android phone and needs a gaming Android phone. Because they're all playing them on iPhones. So I, I, mean, that's, I, that's it. I say to you, audience, I look at you directly and say, if you are a hardcore iPhone gamer who's going to buy a pro iPhone to play games, because you, this is how you want to play Assassin's Creed, just let me know. I'm, I'm just dying to hear from you. I just want to know what it's like in your life, in your brain. You're like, you know what? Genshin Impact. That's... <laughs> That's it's a popular game. That's fifteen hundred dollars for me. That's a popular game. I don't know what to say, man. I know it's a popular <laughs> game, but it's just like, and it's the it's Steam clear, Deck exists. Like Genshin Impact is one of those things where it's like very clear that their gaming audience is on the iPhone because it runs so much better on iOS devices than on Android, and they put so much more development work into Android. Uh, Allison can speak to how annoying it is to test Genshin Impact on new phones and oh devices because it's like a 30 gigabyte yeah. download on a mobile phone. Like four hours before I want to play it, I'm like, I better start yeah. downloading Genshin Impact so, now. <laughs> we, we test it. We stress test devices with it all the time because it is such an intensive thing, and the iPhones and the iPads just run circles around it and they have better silicon but it's a lot of the fact that the developers put all their yeah. work into it because that's where their audience is what? and because in-app purchases are the money yep. for all of these games yep. and 30% of those in-app purchases are the money for Apple like Apple's entire services revenue chunk that the thing that's growing while iPhone sales are going down the line of business that's growing for Apple's services and the biggest chunk of services is in-app purchases and games of course they want the iPhone to be an incredible gaming device because if they can sell you more Genshin Impact stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's that side of it. But I think that like part of the reason that they spent so much time explaining ray tracing and showing off all these capabilities and stuff is like this is where you can see the most impact of a three nanometer cutting edge processor. There, It's not like, you know, if they didn't talk about that, they would be like, what, your email opens faster or like the browser, you can switch between the browser. Like we've hit the point where like I can use a phone from five years ago and be just fine for my daily day-to-day work because I'm doing those kinds of tasks. Whereas gaming is one area where they can push the envelope. They can continue to show development. And like we've made this huge investment on this three nanometer A17 Pro processor. I think they dropped Bionic. Bionic's gone. Am I right? Yeah, it's A17 um, Pro. But you know, and like the they they talked about its ability to shoot ProRes video and decode AV1 video and all this kind of stuff. But really, it's the games that's where you're going to see the notice notice the difference. People can buy an iPhone 15 that has the A16 from last year and not skip a beat because it's just fine. But if you want the best gaming things, which as we know, PC gamers will literally spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get the best ultimate actual maximum performance for their games. 
if you are a mobile gamer, best maximum performance, I guess, is going to be spending big on the iPhone. Yeah, I'm just saying, Candy Crush Whales. Candy Crush Whales. Like, they are, I, I understand what you mean. The demos are good, and they do have a giant new spatial computing platform coming out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Which graphics has an stuff. M- there, an M1 to. chip in it? it <laughs> <laughs> Very confusing all the way around. We, miss, it, we skipped the most important part of the new iPhone Pro's thinnest borders ever. That's true. They're a little bit thinner. That makes the screen look a little bit bigger. Yes. It looks a little – like I, I put it next to my 13 Pro and like I don't think it's any smaller, but it looks smaller. It looks a little smaller. That screen, by the way, ProMotion up yep. to 120 hertz. That's pretty normal. Can get brighter. Can go up to – 2,000 nits of brightness, which is yep. pretty cool. In yep. bright sunlight. In bright sunlight. We'll see how long it'll hold that brightness. Uh, lots of phones will juice their brightness, and then 15 seconds later, it will dim to unreadable. <laughs> yeah. uh, my 13 Pro does that all the time. So we'll see. But, like, you know, brighter is better. So that's that's moving forward, I guess. And then, obviously, USB-C 3 with camera tether mode, USB, USB 3 speeds up to 10 gigabits. Yeah, which is They're actually... Very proud of this thing. They, they talked a lot about the things you can do with that, which uh, we saw some very comical studio setups of people using <laughs> iPhones to tether to much more powerful computers. But the rumor mill was expecting Thunderbolt here, which is four times the bandwidth of what it actually gets. Uh, so it's USB 3 at 10 gigabits. If you are, <laughs> know your USB, uh, <laughs> there's also USB 3 at 20 gigabits, which this is not. And then there's USB 4, which does 20 or 40 gigabits. And then also today, Intel announced Thunderbolt 5, which does 120 <laughs> gigabits. So this is like, this is USB-C, but it's like, or USB 3, but it's like one of the slowest tiers of USB 3. Um, where they could have, or there's potential for much faster ones. I don't know if they're just setting themselves up to upgrade it later in the future, or if this is a limitation of the chip. It's kind of weird that, you know, we have Thunderbolt on the iPads and all the Macs and things like that, but it's not on the iPhone for whatever reason. I think they're just managing battery life and heat, right? It's a much smaller chassis. Mm -hmm. All that stuff requires power, generates heat, and they don't know if anyone's going to actually use this shit. Well, uh, they aren't going to use it out of the box because it doesn't come with a USB 3 cable in the box. <laughs> <laughs> but a USB 3, USB-C cable is like relatively inexpensive. They're relatively inexpensive, but this is the problem with USB-C is that you do not know looking at a cable unless it specifically says on there or you've tested it yourself what its capabilities are. Thunderbolt is the, the Thunderbolt is annoying in a lot of ways, mostly because it's expensive. The cables are thicker. They have larger ends and stuff. But if it has the Thunderbolt logo on there, you know what that cable is capable of. I have a bag full of USB-C cables right now that I do not know if it charges at uh, 60 watts, 100 watts, 240 watts. I don't know. I don't know if the data supported is 480 megabits per second, which is USB 2, or is it 40 gigabits a second, which is You you take them all back to Apple so they can recycle them into watches or whatever they're going to (laughs) do, and then you just buy good cables. Yeah, I mean, you could do that, but you will inevitably end up with cables that you do not, like, They so many things come with a charging cable, you don't know what it's capable of. Yeah, and you just drive those directly <laughs> to the Apple store. You increase your carbon emissions, and then you offset them by recycling the garbage cable. That's how you do it. Look, I think this is. I think it's weird that when you plug a cable into an iPhone, it doesn't tell you anything about the cable. Yep. Like, with, with a Mac, you can, like, go in a system profile and, like, at least suss out what's going on. <laughs> this is like, you're going to plug a cable to an iPhone, it's going to tell you nothing. Just, like, stuff is going to start happening. And it's or like, not happening. The dynamic island should just be like garbage cable. Or, <laughs> like get out of here. It would be really useful. Like yeah. they can do it. They have that layer of information on the screen. I think Apple is just waiting to see what people do with these USB C ports. But 
uh, with Capture One, you can shoot 48 megapixel raw photos in Tether immediately, which is cool. You can shoot video directly to external storage, which is yeah. cool. Those are their big ideas. Basically camera stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do with it? Charge your phone. Charge your phone. At 15. Yeah. 15 I mean, watts. like, in a perfect world, you would plug your USB-C iPhone into a studio display and get, like, a desktop interface. With your A17 Pro. With an A17 Pro. And the A13. This is why I need uh, to tell you that Dan actually uses Samsung Dex. I love Dex. (laughs) He's he's serious about this. We talk about the action button and the the camera sex. Let's do the action button quickly, I think. Okay. It's there. You don't like it. No, I like the action button on the Ultra. I think it's one of the cooler things about the Ultra. But what I'm going to say is that I use the action button to do exactly one thing on my Ultra, which is to launch my runs. And... What I've noticed is that even though you can program the action button on the Ultra using shortcuts, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time to think oh, some about. Some people do that stuff. Some <laughs> people have that time. Pro user. Most people, ain't <laughs> nobody got people. time for, for thinking about how they're going to do that. So for me, the problem with the action button on the Ultra is that it has so much potential, but it's really for the average person kind of hemmed in by what the presets are. So if the presets for this action button on the phone aren't great, you're just going to be like, well, I miss my old. Well, I, I think I, I, I hear you. I, I feel the same way about the, the the button on the watch. I think it's it's neutered by the fact that it's on the watch and the platform of the watch. The phone, uh, I think it is more practical to use it to launch a shortcut, which is one of the preset options. The others are by default, it will just control your ringer. And it's always a long press. So you long press it to switch between silent and ringing modes. You can also launch the camera with it. You could launch the uh, flashlight with it. You can launch an accessibility shortcut. So if you use the back tap thing to pull down your notification sheet, you can program that to the action button, which seems pretty neat. And uh, there, there was, you can run shortcuts with it. And I think there's one more that I'm not remembering right now. But I could see like you know really quickly, easily making a shortcut to launch Halide and then using the action button to launch Halide as my camera. The other thing you can do with it is you can take photos with it in the camera app. So I think the camera app launching is going to be the thing that most people use yeah. because like... Well, to be clear, most people will use the default and they will not change it. Well, <laughs> yes. But if but, you but do like, change the default, you are probably launching the camera. Are going to change the default. Like I always... I know that you can just go from the lock screen and go into your camera, but by the time I've done that, my cat has moved. Yeah. The cute picture yeah. is gone. Well, so I, I, need... I think the amount of time... Between that flow versus holding the button down, no, I think I think it's it's smoother to use the button. Like uh, Allison knows this with Android phones. For years, you double press the power button to launch the camera, and you're in it, and you don't you, like it's one motion. You pull your phone up, you're double clicking, and and you can do that same thing with the action button. With the current system of you have to like wake the screen up, you have to put your finger on the screen, which is almost always your other hand, and you have to hold it there for a few seconds as it, a second or whatever, as it launches. That's like kind of cumbersome and clumsy. I I think the action button would be I have so much trouble with it. I don't know what is wrong with me, but like swiping that camera icon is like, I'll, I'll like miss it or, yeah. I don't know, I'm jazzed about I, that. I always button. open the camera when I'm trying to swipe a notification away. Like just <laughs> yeah. almost like I'm opening yeah. the camera and drives That's me nice kind of too. Yeah. yeah. And and the the action button, um, the camera, the like shortcut, you can customize it to go into like a certain mode. So if you want to get in a portrait mode really quickly or a video, I think that's nice. Yeah. I think it just has more potential on the phone. The, and the watch. UI for customizing this button is the funnest it's UI wild. that Apple they, has shipped in a million years. You go into the settings <laughs> app 
like just any other like thing you might change on your iPhone. And then you're taken into this like there's a three render of the side of the UI phone that we've like never seen turns before. And you yeah. see a different side of the phone. Yeah. It's wild. I'm kind of mad as a watch user. This 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 <laughs> We're having more boo. fun over here. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Big ass screens, huge battery, Genshin impact, action button that's good. Okay. The day they bring doing? ray tracing again. You got an iPhone 10 strapped to your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, I have the same, I have the exact same watch. <laughs> but the UI for this settings menu is so cool. Like, yeah. go look at our pictures, go look at the videos. It's so cool. It's so just, uh, it's cool, but it's also just like so weird to go into out of like it. normal iOS. Yeah. And more it iOS. It does not look like Apple's other UI. More iOS should be wacky. Yeah. Sure. Like, if they, if they could do all of settings and all of settings would be fun instead of right now the sort of impenetrable list of radio buttons and toggles the that's become. of the settings app. Yeah. This is just like cool as hell. Uh, and it's like fun to use and it makes you want to use it, which is neat. I'm, I just don't know that long press, I think they should have had double tap and long press. So this is the same th- argument that you made for, with the, uh, dynamic Island last year, right? Like the, they have a long press and they have like a short press and they, and they, should, they, be invert, they should be backwards. Right? The, I'm, no, here I'm saying there's only long press, right? Well, so you is, tap it once. It'll just tell you what yeah, a long it'll press give you will the do. Status. It'll yeah. pop up a thing that says like, if it's in the default, you tap it once, it says, hold down for silent. Yeah. And then you tap it when it's in silence, it says, hold on for a ring. And it's like, okay, that's great. But so everything by default is a long press on this button. I think they're doing that because you could accidentally hit it. Oh, sure. Then, that like, makes sense. You don't want to turn your ringer on. But I'm saying they should they should have left ring at two clicks. Mm-hmm. So you double click it to switch ring modes and then mm-hmm. you long press it and that's your custom action. That would be cool. Yeah. And I, I hope that comes. It just seems very, it seems very obvious they could do lots of things with this button yeah. beyond just long pressing it. And I, I think the long press is going to throw a lot of people off. Because you click it and it's like hold for ring, and then your natural instinct is to push it again, and it just says it again. Yeah, it gives you haptic feedback though. Like it, it, it vibrates and it like buzzes as you're holding it itself to kind of give you an indication of what it's doing. I think they did that because they wanted to head off people being like, "Well, how am I supposed to know if my phone's on mute? I can yeah. just like reach into my pocket and mess with the mute switch or whatever." Or, or the people that insist they can feel when it's in mute yeah. without looking. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's people I, that can insist they could feel the mute yeah. switch. So you which you position it's in? Push it once, and you're like, "Aha, bullshit." Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Well, it, it also just occurs to me that if anybody with an Apple Watch like does not need the mute switch anymore, because if unless you're a sociopath, your phone should always be mute because your <laughs> your watch is buzzing you, and you're fine, right? Like you're probably fine. So we'll see. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the camera stuff. I think the sh- the shortcuts people are going to make for this are going to be bananas. I hope somebody does like an iPhone action button shortcuts website with all the best ones. There are oh, already some there are already sure. some cool shortcuts out there. But yeah, I it it's a it's a good change. Along with USB-C, I think the action button's a, like a good change to the phone. Okay, then there's the camera, which seems all new, kind of bananas. Allison, go through it. Yeah, so they're saying that the main camera is 48 megapixels again, but they're saying it's a bigger sensor. And then, you know, you have the ultra wide, which had some like new coatings or something. Uh, but the big story is the five times telephoto lens, which they would not, they did not say periscope. They have a word for tetraprism. I, I don't know. There's, yeah. a, there's some mirrors and things happening inside there, but. You don't get the three times, you get the five times instead. It's got 
kind of some kind of sensor shift stabilization along with the optical stabilization, which is a good thing, you know, assuming it works. But yeah, and they're all about these like seven different lenses that you get with it. And that's counting, you know, macro and the ultra wide and the, the crop modes you can do. But there's like a new thing where you can push the like main camera icon and it'll switch between like like equivalent focal lengths, like 24 millimeters, 35 millimeters. Yeah, which um, I think is great. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm excited for that I just because don't know I think that the main works. camera is too wide. I've long felt like the main camera is like equivalent to like 24 or 26 millimeters for a few years now. And it's too wide. Like, I don't like it that wide. I like to shoot at like 30 or 35. And uh, now I can just like tell it. Now you can set it by default, which is cool. You can set it by default. Uh-huh. It is going to like crop in the sensor. Yeah, it's, it's really but, unclear how this is working. Is it cropping the sensor? Because... I think it's using the same technology as the 2X. It's just cutting into the sensor at that to, to approximate that field of view, and then it will produce a 24 or 12 megapixel image. The exact that. word that we were told was uh, there's some other voodoo going on. Yes. Oh, voodoo. Because they, the claim is that it will foreshorten the way that those different focal lengths will, yeah, which we'll is, see. again, oh. impossible to see <laughs> on an iPhone in that environment, which is a totally crazy environment with perfect light. So I'm very curious as we review this thing to see if those modes actually foreshorten the way that a proper focal length would. Mm-hmm. I suspect that they do not. <laughs> but you should be able to tell the difference between 24 and 35. Yes, it's very obvious. As you go down the the numbers of equivalent focal lengths, the, the smaller they are, the more you notice each millimeter's difference. So when you are going from 24 to 28, it's actually a visible, noticeable difference. If you're going from 100 to 104, you don't notice that difference. It's too too minute. But when you're, you, you can see it punching in 24, 28, 35. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the... Ultra wide is like a 13 or something like that. Yeah. And so the range is 13 to 120 now. Yes. It's cool. Again, impossible to tell you what these cameras are actually like. (laughs) Like, it's just a bonkers environment. They they took photos and they they didn't explode. Yeah. Like, that's as much (laughs) as I got right now. But it's, I think that stuff is cool. Dan, you have some qualms about the telephoto i don't i'm not confident that the telephoto is going to be all that great i think it's great that it gives a longer reach like that was needed uh the 3x telephoto and prior pro models existed never was really that great i know a lot of people never use it because they don't like the quality out of it and it also doesn't bring you that much closer uh 5x does bring you noticeably closer that 120 millimeter Focal length is noticeably closer, but it's not super long. Like today for the live blog, I was shooting with an 18 to 300 millimeter lens on my camera. So like there's a lot further to go. Uh, Samsung's 10X zoom is much further than the 5X that you get on the Pro now. But in order to make this work and because of physics, they have to put a small sensor in there. And Samsung has the same problem with its cameras. The other manufacturers that have done Periscope were not Periscope cameras in the past have the same problem where they have to put a small sensor in there in order to get the physics to work right, to get the light exposed. And you can tell like pretty easily the quality difference, even in the demo area, perfect lighting, all this stuff. I took a photo of some folks across the table uh, and I zoom in and like, I look at the details in the hair. It's all kind of blurred and mushed together. It's noisy, stuff like that. Allison's going to do a ton more testing. We'll get a more formal verdict on it. I'm just skeptical. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I think the 5X is going to be there and it, it'll be useful to some people, especially the folks, like I said earlier, who are standing there pinch zooming on their phone to get as close as they possibly can. It's better to have a 5X optical starting point than a 3X, but I don't think it's going to be 
like I think a lot of people are still going to fall back to the main camera if they care about the image quality. Yeah, I shoot at two X a lot with my fourteen Pro. Like I never go to. I, and I think that the the five the five X existence, Allison, you were saying earlier, didn't really make sense to have that two X punch in when you have a three X. It's not enough difference. Now I think it gives more of a reason for that two X punch in to exist because five X is like. If I if I'm I'm sitting across from a small table from Uni Life, I use five X. I'm like taking pictures of your eyeballs yeah. and and your nose, but like two X, I can frame you nicely. So I, I think that gives more of that punch in a reason to exist. Yeah, Allison, what do you think? I am interested to try it out. I like the five X. Like, is sort of when I use like the Pixel Seven Pro has one, and I find it useful in these like fringe cases where I'm on a hike and I'm trying to frame something and like 3x just gets you nothing you're you're in the far away section of the taylor swift concert yeah right you're you're in the back row but 5x is like that much closer and it is an actual meaningful difference so i'm interested to see what it looks like the question is is this good enough to get the pro max because i don't think we've actually stated that this is only on the pro max that's true it's not on the pro the pro gets the same 3x as last year so like is this 5x a meaningful enough jump to get the bigger, more expensive phone, which we can talk about is also more expensive than last year. But for me, based on what I saw so far, I would say no. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm not going to make use of that camera often enough, and I'd rather have a smaller, lighter phone. Yeah, but I, like, I love a big screen. And you a big love battery. a big screen. You're and a big battery. We're, we're different people. <laughs> <laughs> like the, yeah, the camera is not the thing. It's the bigger screen and the bigger battery. I don't think anybody is going to buy this thing for the Zoom lens. I think if it was... Good enough, people would. I mean, this is not the first time we've seen Apple segregate the yeah. camera to the Pro, the biggest phone. They did it with the 12 Pro, right? The 12 Pro and Pro Max. The 12 Pro had the first time it had the really bigger sensor uh, for the main one, and the Pro, the regular Pro one did not. And there was a noticeable difference between the two if you cared enough about that. And so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, there's some video stuff here. They now support 4K 60 uh, log encoding when you shoot in ProRes. They support cool. ACES, which is an industry standard for color grading. All very good. Cool. It's it's the stuff. It's the it's the most <laughs> pro phone ever, Dan. <laughs> and then this is I think fascinating. They support spatial video capture. If you turn the phone sideways and you use the main and the ultra wide, it'll do spatial. Great. It's for the Vision Pro. You're the divorced dad watching a birthday party. <laughs> no. This is what it's for. <laughs> it's happening. It's notable. That in the demo clip that they showed on stage, it was not a divorced dad watching it. Uh, they did not show the dad interacting with his kids through the, the, the face mask. It was, you know, a, another person reliving uh, a memory uh, on their couch. Yeah. Alone. In a headset. <laughs> alone. There's no way to avoid it. You're wearing this headset. You only experience uh, it alone. Here's what I'll say. Philosophically, this is fascinating to me. We have been writing about this for a long time. Uh, James Barham, our old creative director, has a piece on our site from ages ago. He's like, the power of the iPhone, it is the first device where the people consuming the photos are using the same device as the people making the photos. And so your relationship with photography has changed. And we published this eight years ago, this piece. Like, And James was a pro photographer before you. Like, big thank you. We'll link it. It's a great piece. I've been thinking about the piece a lot. Every time we do an iPhone review, like this is the dynamic is there's there. I cannot think of another creative tool actually where it is both the thing that makes the content and the thing that consumes the content. Then you have a relationship with the person on the other end of the, the, the platform, right? This is the first time Apple's broken that relationship where you can shoot spatial video on your iPhone 
and you cannot watch it. See, they could you have put a 3D screen on it. Yeah. It went yeah. great old school. One of those it went like, great with for the lines. We've got Lytro. We've got 3D. Yeah, yeah. it's all coming It's back. all the greatest hits. <laughs> red, and, red and blue glasses. Uh, the... I don't think they should have put a 3D screen on this. Like, uh, they should have done it like the Fire Phone with like 500 cameras around the screen. I just, there's just something fascinating about that. Yeah. That for the first time ever, the iPhone is a capture device for another system that nobody has yet, that's super expensive, that no one knows what it's for. And yeah, it sh- it, sure, they should do it. But it's cool. Well, that they, they, doing they it. have to do it because otherwise, the only way to capture the spatial video is through the headset. Which is like we we just kind of talked about how awkward that can be. <laughs> so I mean, we'll see what it's like to actually view spatial video on the iPhone. I'm sure. What I'm I sure it's just going to be the main. It camera. just falls back to the main camera. It's right? the main it's camera. A and then video. you got a depth map. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, and that's what the second camera is doing is creating the depth map. It's got the distance between the lenses to do so. Uh, notable that you have to turn it in landscape mode to do so. That makes sense. Which makes sense from a technical level. It does not make sense for how 99% of people shoot video no, no, on their portrait phone. Portrait headset video is not a good idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this is how people shoot video on their phones. Yeah. Right? And so, like, they can switch to that mode. Maybe the phone will have a UI telling them, turn the phone to the side to do this. Uh, but if it doesn't, they're going to have a lot of, like, weird videos. But, like, they had to do it in order to get any content for the headset down the road. Right? We'll, we'll see. I'm just saying... It's the first time Apple's broken the sort of power of the iPhone as a camera in that way. Okay, we'll see how it goes. Kind of what they're assuming is that people will shoot spatial video without a headset. Yeah, because they will be buying an iPhone in a week and a half. Right. And, and not have will, a headset and for not have a headset. six plus so months. They did say it's coming later. But even then, the iPhone Pro installed base, the iPhone 15 Pro installed base, necessarily will dwarf the headset install base for a long time. Mm. So I'm just wondering, like, there's just something in there. It's there's something important about this camera and what it represents to people that is broken by the ability to shoot spatial video. And it's not a technical thing. It's not a quality thing. It is like a philosophical relationship between the camera and the screen on the iPhone that Apple has for the first time divorced. It's it, the it's the aspirational thing. They're yeah. like, you could buy a Vision Pro. You can you can record this video. You'll be ready for it. But yeah. Like, yeah. Probably won't. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, uh, what's a good analog analogy? It's like if you bought a VHS camcorder, but you didn't have a VHS player in your house. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's just like a totally weird thing. Mm. I think it's fascinating. Like, I just, I just like thinking about it. Like, what that represents for this device. Because I think a lot of it's the thing about the TikToks, how to get how to take better videos and camp photos on your iPhone. Like everybody has an idea about it. And there's a cottage industry of content creators who are like, here's what you do. You turn your phone upside down, you count to 20, you throw it in the ocean, and it's like whatever, right? <laughs> and it's because they're like, you you look at this photo, I will teach you how to make it using the tool that you're holding in your hand. And this I'm just telling you, this breaks it in a way that I think yeah. is utterly fascinating. And I I'm just like waiting for the day when someone realized they've shot like oceans of spatial video <laughs> and they're and they're like, what is this for? <laughs> you know? I mean, I think the people that will use it uh, and know what it is are the people that are going to be the first ones to buy a Vision Pro when it comes out. Yeah. Like most people were not going to touch it. I they're just, not going to go into the mode. They're not going to enable like, just, it. Just walk through that. You're like walking down the street, beautiful San Francisco. Like taking a photo of the bay, the bridge, the whole thing, and like, I can't wait to go <laughs> put on my headset. 
and like relive. It's like there's just something. We, I promise you, there's something weird there. <laughs> Divorce dads are gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, we'll link that piece by James. It. I. I was thinking about it during this entire demo of just how important it is that a lot of times when you look at a photo on your iPhone, you're holding the same thing that someone was holding to take that photo. And there's just something very important about that. And it's all the spatial computing tangent that Apple's going down is about to make all that way weirder. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough for the, Oh, the mystery. You did the big, the, the whole reason, <laughs> the whole thing. The only thing I want to talk about. Okay. The iPhone has Wi-Fi 6E, which is cool. Sure. Cause I just bought the wrong Eros, but now they're the right Eros. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I should have bought the Pro Sixes. Should you have? Yeah, because they have the. That's a whole other podcast. Whatever. But I accidentally bought the Six Es. Yeah. Which have the Six E radios in them, yeah. but I have no Six E devices because they use the Six E radio to talk to each other. Yeah, but the six gigahertz sucks for that. So whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> now I'm going to get an iPhone with Six E, and we get the full mega or Let full me gigabit. You. you will never know when it's on Six E because <laughs> it's not going to tell you. And full it's impossible gigabit. To force it. We're gonna. I'm going to be downloading movies so fast the phone explodes. This will be great. But then they also, tucked into this press release, tucked into the feature bento box, it says plus thread. It's yeah. a thread radio. Now, if you have been following Gen 2E at The Verge, you know that thread is an important part of the future of the smart home, which Jen has a British accent show, so it's the smart home, which is great. <laughs> um, thread and matter coexist. Yeah, well, so thread is one of the technologies that matter runs on. Is, is Right, but matter can run anything. But the idea is that you will have the secondary wireless network in your smart home that is thread, yep. and it's a mesh network between all your devices. You have a border router that connects into the Wi-Fi and the internet, whatever. Why is there a thread radio in the iPhone? By the way, none of that works yet. It is just a mess, yep. just a disaster mess. None of it quite works. None of it quite interoperates. If you buy like one NanoLeaf light bulb and connect it to a HomePod mini, with a series of incantations and like crystals, it's a little bit faster than doing it over Wi-Fi. And that's about as good as it gets. But the iPhone 15 Pro has a thread radio in it. Yeah. And the press release is like, it's there for future ideas in the home app. And you're like, what are those ideas? And everyone's like, we don't know yet. And that's the whole answer. They're like, yeah, some stuff is going to happen with matter. And it's like, what stuff? Like, I got it. Who knows? Yeah, I've been trying to think about like what you would do with a thread radio on a phone that I can't do with a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth radio. Already. You're gonna light up and that like, nanoleaf light bulb nothing. so fast. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think it. It's gonna so light like, up. So let's 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 think this through. You have thread radio on your iPhone, and no you, step one, the connectivity standards alliance finishes the matter specification. <laughs> matter accepted. You uh, have thread on your iPhone and you have a thread device and it uses thread to talk to that device to communicate to it. Yeah. What happens when you leave your house and someone else wants to control that device? Do they need thread on their... No, because they you'll have some border router in your house. So why this do I why need I, thread on my phone? This is why I That's started what I'm saying. with the Connectivity Standards Alliance finishes the matter specification, which includes thread radio interoperability. Yeah. Thread, well, technically thread network interoperability. Yeah. It gets so much longer. Right. So right now, <laughs> my, my new Eros have thread radios in them. Yeah. But those, and they should make a mesh network. With, with your like, home pods. But they do not. They do not. They do not talk. So now I have two thread networks yes. in my house. Yes. And if you introduce a Google Hub Max, which three. I think you have. Yeah. No, I don't. We have, we have the baby ones. Okay. So those. Th I don't think I don't, they do. No. But a Hub Max would introduce yet another thread network in your house and none of, and all of those are supposed to make one giant happy thread mesh network and then you bring the iphone into it 
and it sees that happy thread mesh network and it can connect directly to devices on it. This is the dream. I just now, don't what know is why really going to that. happen is that HomeKit is also insanity <laughs> and something on your HomeKit thread network will break and the solution to fixing it will be restarting your iPhone, which is often a solution. Which is, yeah, I mean, that is the default HomeKit fix because you never because home does not tell you what breaks or how it broke or why the answer is reboot your iphone and it weirdly fixes uh i've run a thread network in my home for a couple of years now and frequently if like say i move a home pod to a different room or i decide we don't need to use it anymore <laughs> devices <laughs> will just, with his family <laughs> will just stop working yeah and so like light bulbs will just no longer connect and they're supposed, supposed to be self-healing and all that. It doesn't do that. So this is the first time. I've been time. just like taking them out when they stop working Dan's and replacing out. them Dan's with like three kids. And just like, they'll never know what's going on. <laughs> I'm away. I'm away from home this week and I'm convinced nothing in the house works. <laughs> <laughs> they're just sitting in the dark. Yeah. They're sitting in the dark or they're like sleeping with all the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> they're cutting the main power to the house. Here, but I just think it's, this is the first time the ultra wideband ship, the first time they shipped it in a pro was the I think the first time they put in a thing that they hadn't quite enabled all the use cases for. By the way, both iPhones But they had some use cases for that. Not yet. Didn't they? Not yet. They 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 announced it with like car keys and they were hoping car keys would and happen. it never yeah. happened. Yeah. And they, they kind of then just they came out with the air tag. They came out with But that was next. Yeah. First they first they did the chip. That was the only other time I can really think this. By the way, these um have new ultra wideband chips. Yes. That enable precision finding with more We could call them U two chips. Apple doesn't like it when you do that. No, but, but I'm <laughs> going to do it. They kept, they kept saying second-generation second ultra-wide band chips. Listen, so I was like, they, they called it the U1. <laughs> not uh, it wasn't me that called it the U1. But that's the only time I think this. This time they, they're putting a thread radio. I'm assuming it's coming for the ride with the Wi-Fi 6E chip that they're using. That's probably a safe bet. Right. And so they just have it. They might as well do it. And they don't know what it's for. And like something good will happen. I just... I. Someone who has an idea of what to use the thread radio on an it iPhone has for, to be that right into the show and tell me it, that again it has to be that what you want is a direct connection to that nano leaf bulb or whatever other thread device. You're laughing. But this like, is all people want to do. I, I'm trying like, to, I, I, but we're but going from just, red to blue. Like I'm switch just, it. I'm just thinking of the nano leaf bulb talking to the little iPhone radio. It's just, it's just a, it's yeah. a cute little thing in my head. That's right. all it is. It's I just I just don't see a scenario where that would ever happen because for the nano leaf bulb to be Running. On thread. It's connected in, to a thread network in your exactly. house that you're on the same Wi-Fi with. Exactly. I have so much respect for Jen because my head hurts. It's not great. Jen Jen wrote an entire piece that's basically like, what is this? <laughs> like, why is this here? And it just like runs she's, through the she's options. She's written this multiple times out. We have what is matter, what is thread, yeah. what is all. No, but with this one in particular, it's like this phone has this chip in it. Why? And she just like runs down the options. And the, by the end of the piece, she's like, none of these are good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> like none this none of this makes any sense. Uh I'm just dying to know what what Apple obviously has a plan, right? They yeah, wouldn't they just don't want to tell us yet. A, Apple often puts stuff in their devices and doesn't even mention it, even when the teardowns reveal that it's there, whatever, until they're ready to light it up. And here they put it on the slide and in the press release. There has to be some plan. I just cannot figure out what it is. Like, not even a hypothesis that begins to make sense outside of Dan's kids need to light up their nano leaf bulbs <laughs> even faster than they were doing before. That's it. That's what I got. We're doing an entire hour with Jen on the thread radio <laughs> and the 15 Pro. I am so bewildered by all of that. I can't My even. head hurts. Yeah. So, so we just moved. So like I'm buying all this stuff. And it's like, this is the worst time to buy smart home stuff. Like all of it is inherently obsolete 
right now. No. So the move is you buy stuff that is supported by a hub because the hub will get upgraded and then all the devices that connect to that hub will carry along with it. It's the individual devices that are a nightmare. This explains why I have like five hue bulbs just sitting in a, sitting in a box. Because <laughs> yeah. once but I But hue works on a hub. And yeah. it's also bulletproof reliable. Uh, the, the, the yeah. hub does not work in my house because the router is in a closet. So I was like, you know, <laughs> I will eventually move and then I will unpack these five bulbs for yeah. some future time. I'm saying if, if we end up with door locks or acquire an external hub, like that something bad has happened <laughs> in my life, right? Like that's a real issue. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying basically get ready for the next two years of the Vergecast to be nightmare smart home integration Me stories. Like complaining about the smart home, yes. Because it's just, <laughs> it's so not ready. Yeah. And it, it feels like it's gotten But worse. the iPhone 15 Pro is mysteriously ready because it has a thread radio in it. I don't know why. It's matter ready. If you know why, let me know. Something will happen. Yeah. If you've got an interesting idea, let us know. All right, we got to take a break and then BS to complain about the watches. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're back. (laughs) Where where, where do you want to start, V? I know you got feelings. You've been pent up over there. Yeah. So I think a lot of my problems this year is that the smartwatch updates across the board have been so iterative. So the one I'm actually looking most forward to is the Pixel Watch 2 because it has the most room to grow. But everything else is like, I think I wrote a blog and it was buckle up, buckos, we're going to have some (laughs) iterative smartwatch updates. And this is the definition of iterative. By the way, our internal analytics suggests that if you put buckle up in a headline, it bonkers overperforms. Like I've heard Andy (laughs) Hawkins say the phrase, people love buckling up before. (laughs) Well, that explains it because that that blog did do well. So yeah. um, So, you know. 
I, I was I was there and people were like, what's new about this watch? And it's like, well, not much. Yeah. Like on the surface, at least, like on the inside, uh, after after kind of checking it out and thinking about what the new features are there, it feels like there is stuff happening, but none of it is apparent on the surface level. So if you look at the Apple Watch Series 9, the most I can say is that it now comes in Barbie pink, which I love, but looking at it, it looks like the Series 8. Which you, looked like the Series 7. Which looked like, looked the, series like the Series 7. 6. No, which... no, no, that there's there's a slightly thinner bezel. Hey. Yeah, so. Ignoring thinner bezels looked like the Series 6, which yes. looked like the Series 5, yeah. which looked like the Series 4. It, it, it hasn't really changed in terms <laughs> of looks. It gets incrementally larger when they're like, ah, oh, screens, let's make them slightly larger. And then, you know, the Ultra 2, I actually got told to put my original Ultra away because they were afraid I was going to lose it. That's how similar it looks like to the Ultra 2. Wow. So they were like, we just want to make sure you don't lose your watch. And it was like, well, I have this Nomad glow-in-the-dark band yeah. on, so there's no way I'm losing this And they're like, man, there's watch. pickpockets here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the demo floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get where they were coming from, though, because I was holding the, the Ultra in my hand, and I was like, I think this Ultra is lighter. The Ultra 2 is lighter. And, and this woman's looking at me, and she's like, I think it's your strap. Which is their which is their way of telling me that it's it's not. It's the same. Yeah. It's basically the same body. So I was like, okay, cool. Um and you know, with the Ultra Two, there was at least the rumor that it was gonna come in a darker color. That that is not the case. It is the same titanium color because titanium is hard to make different colors. So I just don't think they were they were really gonna do that with this one. But, you know, it, it basically comes down to there's a new chip. There's a yeah. new chip, and it's been a while since there was a new chip, and the new chip will enable more things. What more things? Well, um, it's all going to be in the background, so you probably won't <laughs> notice how much more convenient everything is going to be for you. But it will be. It's like Siri will understand you more, and it'll do everything. Lies. <laughs> they were like, nothing that Siri is now using enough. an on-device transformer model, which is as close as they got to saying AI. It yeah. said machine learning a lot, but yep. no AI, except for one mention of transformer model in the Siri section. So yeah, so Siri is supposed to do things on device, meaning, so like right now, if you are in your laundry room and it's in the basement and you don't have your phone with you and you say, Siri, set my timer for five minutes for my laundry or whatever, it's not going to work. Siri will be just like, hey, sorry, can't do that for you. And it's happened to me a lot of times, but now supposedly Siri will be able to do that for you, even if you have no connection, which, you know, if you think about it, that's actually kind of convenient. And you think about it in a way it's like, well, didn't it always do that? And no, no, it's not something that they've always done. But then at the same time, you're like, okay, well, they're saying Siri will have 25% better diction. I am going to conduct the longest sentence to test this with, <laughs> with so many multi-syllables and probably an ethnic or international word thrown in there just to like throw it off. Because there was a point in time where I said Mahershala Ali a lot just to see whether Siri would to understand Siri. it. Yeah, she did not. Okay. It did not. Don't gender the but I'm not gendering Siri. It did not understand <laughs> that. Now it does. So I can tell you it has improved over time. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I will take suggestions for what ridiculous words I can try and make yeah. Siri understand me with. But, you know, there's supposedly that's what's going to happen. And later on in the year, Siri is going to be able to answer your health data, which I don't know how I feel about. Do you see on the, the, the you know, the, the flying things you could say to Siri about health data? And one of them was like, Siri, I weigh this much today. And it's like, sociopath. That's mm -hmm. sociopath stuff. If you're just <laughs> announcing to your watch how much you weigh every day, like, nope. Again, something has gone wrong. <laughs> Some of that is like, they're thinking, like, can we do this? Not 
whether we should. Like, yeah. I don't think you should necessarily be being like, Siri, log my weight as X pounds or well, so kilograms. I, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't purchase a connected scale. I bought a new Apple Watch to which I announce my weight every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that stuff is, like, interesting, right? It's all background. They're, the processor is more powerful. They're doing more local processing of stuff. It also enables some other things. It does enable some other things, like double tap. Or as I like to call it, pinchy pinch. Pinchy pinch. It's the pinchy yeah. pinch. They rejected uh, that one. They that was on a whiteboard at Apple Park. They didn't, they didn't like that one, but I like it. Yeah, yeah no, pinchy pinch. That's actually, like, they're saying it's new. It's not really new because they introduced assistive touch a couple of years ago, which is an accessibility feature, which lets you control the watch one-handed. And now they're just kind of bringing it to the masses, which in my view proves that accessible design benefits everybody. Uh, but, you know, so you you can do a little pinchy pinch motion and you'll be able to do all the primary actions of your watch single-handed. So if someone calls you, you're washing your dishes, you can pinchy pinch official term, uh, you can pinchy pinch and answer the phone call. Or, you know, you, let's say, set up your camera and you want to take a photo, you can now pinchy pinch and control the shutter. Cool. If you, you know, watch OS ten has the new widget stacks, because it's all about widgets, and you can scroll through your, your widgets by pinching. So it essentially becomes a one-handed device, because, you know, you wear it on one wrist, you have to use your other hand to, to use it, but now you don't have to do Incredible that. moment of the keynote when Jeff Williams said, this is great for those moments when your other hand is occupied. <laughs> <laughs> no, no further detail. No, yeah, <laughs> no examples of what it can be occupied loud, with. But. And it's like, well, you're just waving your watch hand around, and then this hand's busy. And I was like, okay, incredible thing to say out loud. You're the CEO, again, of the richest the COO of the richest company in the world. And you're like, you know a problem I have a lot? One hand's busy. It's like, weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird all the way around. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Like, that's better than using my nose, which is what yeah. I have been doing this whole that's, time. That, it, is, it is better than that. Because, like, we have all gone like, oh, crap, someone's calling me. Like, yep. stick your nose into the into the watch. So it, it is better. I I do have some questions about how intuitive it'll be for everyone, because with assistive touch, you're basically being very specific about what these actions are doing. This is meant to be more contextual. So they're kind of making assumptions as to what you are going to think when you when it comes time to pinchy pinch. And I don't know that everyone has the same thoughts. Um, they did tell me that some aspects will be customizable. So when you are going to do your music, not everyone has the same thought about whether it's going to play pause or skip forward because these are different assumptions we have from other devices so that at least will be customizable there's another one that i forget what will be customizable but eh, you know so that that's cool on a very nerd level i find it cool that it does not have to be your index finger you can use your middle finger or uh, your ring that's finger important. yeah it's very important because i was like mm, yeah. what if you don't have an index finger which is you know some some people don't have index fingers so that at least is neat and think it will be kind of cool once you get used to using it, but you do have to get used to using it. I did the demo like six different times yeah. on the demo floor. <laughs> and for the first few times, I was just aggressively pinching. The, the, like, the, the, the not, thing that makes it hard, like initially, yeah. is the watch has to be awake. So you have to do the gesture to wake it up, then you pinchy pinch, and then it then it works more reliably. Mm -hmm. But but if you're if the watch isn't awake, you'll just be pinching. Yeah, and, that that was and, me. I was just pinching and I was like, why isn't it working? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you have to do the gesture to wake it up, and then you can pinch. Yeah. But then I was only pinching once. 
and not double pinching. So it has to be a double. It's, it's not a pinch. It's a pinchy pinch. It's oh a my pinchy God. pinch. Are they going to add like a We're just double like brute forcing this in the reality. <laughs> making it, making it happen. <laughs> yes. I don't want you to. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm just thinking of myself. Eventually, I will be double wristing because I'm always double wristing, except for right now. But um, and I'm just gonna be sitting here just. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so this is not, you know, their their whole thing is this is because of the S9 chip. We're doing sensor fusion. We're measuring your blood flow. I don't know about that. Well, so I mean, that is how it's working. It's it's monitoring the muscles in your forearm that react when you do these gestures with your fingers. So that is why it works with your other fingers. And like they said, you know, you could do it with a pinky, but depending on certain people, the way their arms are, uh, it may not work as reliably. And that most people it works reliably with the index finger or the middle finger, but it's, but that's what it's monitoring. It's monitoring the blood flow through your wrist in your forearm. So is the heart rate sensor on all the time? Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, when it's awake, they light and up the heart rate sensor. And, uh, yeah, it lights up the heart rate sensor, and then it's ready to, to. I think this is probably why it doesn't work when it's not awake. One, probably to stop false triggers, but also it does have to light up a bunch of sensors in order to. Right. And so this, but this is the argument of the S nine, right? We need the gyroscope, we need the heart rate sensor, which they hadn't mentioned specifically. That's really cool to know. And then we're doing sensor fusion and machine learning, yep. and we're detecting a pinch. That's what that's what the S nine enables, and that's what all the extra cores. It's got a four core neural coprocessor, whatever they call it, a SIP, as opposed to instead of an SOC that we're used to hearing from other devices. SOC is everything is on the same chip die. The mm-hmm. SIP is a package, so you have System multiple chips integrated, package. stacked and assembled into a package. Yeah. 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 So they keep referring to the S nine as a SIP, uh, but it's got all those, and it and like this is why you would have a neural processor on your wrist to figure out these kinds of features. Also, more power efficient, but you know Apple has this tendency of like with power efficiency to be like, and so we will do more things with the power efficiency that we have instead of giving what some people want, which is longer battery life. So, you know. You the know, screen gets brighter. The screen I mean, they, is the brighter. The screen goes up to 2,000 nits on the S9 now. On the, on the Series 9. And we saw a demo compared to the S8, and it, it was it's noticeable. noticeably different. It's noticeable. When it's at peak prices. So, like, the original Ultra goes up to 2,000 nits. Yeah. And when you're outside, that's quite bright. And now the Ultra 2 goes up to 3,000. So I'm just like, wow. Could you see that? Was that that seems like a difficult thing to see so, unless you're outside? Yeah, you need the older model right next to it at max brightness to really understand it. Because when I was looking at the S9 in the perfect lighting in in heaven's Steve Jobs theater, I was like, I I, I can't tell the difference. But when they put the two next to each other, then you can. Yeah, see well, the they they put they 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 demoed an S8 that had been tricked into full brightness and an S9 that had been tricked into full brightness next to each other. And that's when you could see it. And the idea being that if you are in an environment where you need this brightness, that's where it'll come help you. But ultimately, it just looked nicer when yeah. it's brighter. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, but that's uh, brighter screens. And, you know, they always say the same battery life. It's never the same. Like with smartwatches, your individual usage really does kind of impact how much mileage you're going to get. But when when Apple says 18-hour battery life, like the Series 4, mm, that was maybe like... 24 hours series five that was mm, maybe 20 hours like you can get more apple is very conservative Mm -hmm. with their battery life estimates so when they say 18 hours i'm really going to see how how far you can push that 18 hours for the original uh not the original for the regular one but for the ultra 2 they said it was 36 and i'm just you know i have gotten as far as 60 hours on the ultra without 
doing anything, going on runs. Like I did a half marathon, a slow half marathon. I was not fast that day. And I think I only lost 15% battery with no low power mode enabled. So I'm really curious to see whether the the extra power efficiency will push the Ultra into the 72-hour territory. Which is what they're claiming for low power mode. Which is what they're claiming for low power mode. But I think... I think depending on how you use it, because let's be real, not everyone buying an ultra is the weather-beaten explorer <laughs> athlete. That no, they, they said this. So that. you wrote a piece that was like, who is an ultra for? And I think Jeff Williams read it. Because <laughs> <laughs> in his presentation, he was like, here's who the Apple Watch Ultra is for. He said, did you catch this? He said it out yeah. loud. And his answer was, it's for people who want a big display and the best battery life. And he was not like... And ocean explorers. Like, it was like the biggest display and the best battery life. Because I'm going to be real. Like, I go to, I am not the most athletic person on the planet. I would consider myself a weekend warrior, a reformed couch potato. Like, I, I, I do do a lot of exercise. I exercise probably like six out of seven days of the week. But I'm not athletically gifted, and I never will be. But I do go to, like, run groups. I have friends who are athletically gifted, and absolutely none of them are interested in the ultra. They're just not. There's like, I got my Garmin, and my Garmin has 40,000 metrics that the, that the Apple Watch will never have. And they're very, like, happy with that or a regular Apple Watch. So thinking about that, I was just like, I don't think that the ultra is really for those extreme athletes until you can be like, oh, yeah. The ultra marathon, or you can run 60 hours. I don't know why you would want to, but I know these people do. Run 60 hours, and you won't need to carry your charger on you. Until until it can legitimately do that, I don't think that the ultra is really for that extreme explorer. So that was a question I did have. Like, who is this watch for? And the facetious answer that I get is, is for people who want to flex. Yeah. It's for people who have $800. And yes and no. Right, because and on the iPhone side, if you have eight hundred dollars, you get you're just like, <laughs> you, get, you get last year's garbage. <laughs> yeah. so here's some shit on. we had in the parts bin. Like, USB two. Yeah, exactly. This is a this is an eighties Pontiac <laughs> made of leftover Cadillac parts. Like that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that the Ultra they, that they did demo for us on the Ultra two was this automatic night mode, and I was like, ooh. This was like a parlor trick that I should not have been as excited to see as I was. But if you turn off the light, it'll automatically switch into that yeah. red mode. Well, this is, this is because on. the changes with watchOS 10. So yes. you used to, on watchOS 9 with the first Ultra, you used the digital crown to switch between the special watch face between its uh, night mode reds, which you, you can't do on that watch face, Neela. You need to use a special watch face. Yeah. But with watchOS 10, if you spin the crown, you go into the widgets. So you couldn't do that anymore. So basically, they are using the light sensor to know when the lights are out and switch into the dark But mode. that that actually is something that I'm like, ah, oh, there we go. And to be clear, this is coming to the first Ultra as well. Yes, it is, 10, it is. So it's not, not exclusive. I'm just going to complain about smartwatches for a hot second. Remembering what comes on watchOS 10 to which watches and which is exclusive to what on what SKUs. Is is just like I need a whole other co-processor brain to remember that. <laughs> you need and a sip. I need a sip. I need a sip <laughs> to, to memorize all a that sip stuff. Sip of something. But is a new? There's a new watch face. Speaking of watch faces, yep. modular ultra. Is that coming to this ultra? Yes, yes it is coming right, to your watch OS ten. Yep. There's no real <laughs> reason for anyone to upgrade from the first ultra. Well, to it's the, the flex, second. Dan. I mean, other than the flex, <laughs> you get the pinchy pinch and you get the three thousand nits, and that's oh, really it. And the new 
U2 chip and the U2 for chip. precision finding, yeah. which my fellow ADHD can't remember where you put anything. Hell yeah. But you have to get an iPhone 15 for that to actually work. Yeah. But, you know, they showed it to us. And it was like, oh, it'll tell you exactly which direction to go, how far to go to find your phone, which I'm super excited about because I have lost my phone in a fridge before. It's, it's basically the same experience you get tracking an AirTag with an iPhone, yes. except you're tracking an iPhone with your Apple Watch. It's a little slower. I did notice that because when you do when you do, do it with the AirTag, it's like pretty quick. This You can only track your iPhone 15. Uh, you can't track like an AirTag that's going to be there. So it, it does need to have that. But I was like, yes, for me specifically, <laughs> I use the find my phone function at least 20 to 30 times a day. So, yeah. That's it with the watch. It's a, they upgraded a chip. They made things a little bit brighter. They did not they, make they the double titanium tap. series nine. Which they did not make a titanium series sad. nine. It's really? interesting that the double tap is hardware locked to these new ones. Do we think that the old phones, the old watches can't do them? That is their line, right? That Their line is that the S9 enables this feature because of its neural engine and because it's able to take all of that data from the sensors and spit out something smart. And yet, if you turn on an assistive touch, it like... So I think the part of that is the, the contextualizing of it so that it's built into the system, whereas assistive touch is something that you have to go in and enable. And there is kind of a learning curve with assistive touch. So... There's that. There's also more customizability with assistive touch. So mm, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, like I could see an argument for that just because your wrist is a very noisy place in terms of sensors. It's actually not great for heart rate accuracy. Uh, the, I think the most accurate place is the underside of your finger or your ear. So on that front, if you want it to be accurate, if you want it to be something that a lot of people can use reliably with multiple fingers... I could see an argument for needing a more powerful sip for that, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what I'm gonna say. That's yeah. good. No, it's yeah. well remembered. <laughs> I think that's a watch. We didn't say the prices. The Apple Watch Series Nine, three ninety nine. The Ultra seven ninety nine. You know, if you want to flex. Yeah, if you they did flex. not drop the price of the SE. Some folks were hypothesizing that they might drop the SE they price. They dropped that it last happen. year. It went from but, you know, I think there's an argument that they should, that they, there's room to drop it now that the Series 3 is dead and gone. There's nothing at that 199 price point. All this stuff hits September 22nd. Yep. All of it is pre-orders on Friday. Yeah. iOS 17 comes out September 18th. Mac OS Sonoma is September 26th. And then also on the 22nd are the USB-C AirPods Pro, which have mysterious, another mystery... They have a new mysterious lossless audio feature that For only works Pro. with the Vision Pro. Yes. Uh, it is a, quote, groundbreaking new wireless audio protocol and, quote, revolutionary new format that allows 20-bit, 48 kilohertz audio transmission from the Vision Pro to the AirPods Pro. So the, goodbye, Bluetooth. Get out of here, you old pirate. <laughs> like. I wonder. I wonder if it is a, a modification or a form of Bluetooth. I think if I had to like hypothesize as to like why it's an, only on the Vision Pro, I wonder if it's a distance thing. If you're wearing the AirPods and the Vision Pro on your head, there's a maximum of six inches of distance between the devices. Whereas if it's on your phone and the AirPods, you've got a few feet between them, and it can't maintain that fidelity. Who knows, man? Who knows? The phone's got a thread radio, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's just a lot of mysteries that Apple did not address today. It obviously doesn't work with the iPhone. No lossless audio from the AirPods Pro. The old the AirPods, AirPods Pro don't get it. 
And you cannot buy the USB-C case for your old AirPods Pro. We were told that it might be a, quote, service part, which is fascinating. Yeah. The precedence for it being sold separately was when they moved, I think it was the AirPods 2 uh, came out initially, did not have wireless charging, and then they updated it to a wireless charging case. You could just buy the case if you wanted, but it doesn't look like that's happening with the USB-C AirPods Pro 2. Also notable, the regular AirPods 3, not getting USB-C. We mentioned earlier the AirPods Max, not getting USB-C, at least not today. So. Yeah, but the AirPods Pro, also the 22nd, with USB-C. Yes, so you can, you can mysterious... buy, if you have an AirPods Pro 2 today, you can buy new AirPods Pro 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, they've been out for a while, maybe your battery's not lasting. All right, I think that's it. We've really bled this one dry. We've talked about every bento on the bento box. Uh, it was, I mean, it was a good event. It was, it was fun to be there and like do our thing. When I say that bento boxes don't have a lot of stuff on them, the iPhone 15 bento box says 5G on it. <laughs> oh no! And it's like you guys, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? But yeah, iterative updates all around. But I think solid. I think the USB C stuff is going to go over well. But that's it. This is the beginning of just a bonkers. Two months in tech, basically. September, October are going to be nuts. We'll be back on Friday to talk about the Google antitrust case and everything else that's happening. And then it is just a sprint to the finish line of fall from here on out. We're going to be so dead <laughs> at the end of this. It's going to be good, though. This is what we're here for. This is what you signed up for. It is true. It's why we, it's why we, it's why we wake up in the morning. It's nuts. It's this like year. crunched it's a, this it's year. A very busy. It's, yeah. I feel like there was at least like a day you could breathe no. in September Amazon last Devices year. and Services event. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Get in there. Microsoft Service event. Yeah. Meta Connect. Pixel Watch 2. Let's not Pixel forget about Watch code. Pixel Watch 2. I'm excited yeah. for that. Thread radios everywhere for no <laughs> apparent reason. All right. That's it. That's our chest. Rock and roll. And that's a wrap for VergeCast this week. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at vergecast at theverge.com. The VergeCast is a production of The Verge and the Vox Media Podcast Network. The show is produced by me, Liam James, and our senior audio director, Andrew Marino. Our editorial director is Brooke Minters. That's it. We'll see you next week. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.